calling all my Asian squad everywhere. It is time to put a spotlight on our story. Welcome to your dose of inspiration with me, Richard Juan. For our episode today, we are very honored to have with us the founder and CEO of NextShark, the leading source of Asian American news. He is also a Forbes 30 under 30 honoree. Folks, let's all welcome Benny Luo. Hi. Hi, Benny. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. How are you, brother? Oh, wow. Um, it's, it's such an honor to have you on the show today because, I mean, I've been following NextShark for the last couple of years and you guys are doing a lot of great, great things. Thank you so much for the support, brother. I'm really honored to be here. Yeah, even though I even though I'm not um, an Asian American technically, but I guess because of my um, I grew up in an international school environment, so a lot of my friends are, how do I say this? Like also very Asian, uh, very Asian American like, and you know the culture. I mean, for me personally, the whole issue about Asian American stuff, it's not really just an Asian American thing, but it's more of like a whole global Asian thing. Like we have to be aware of what's happening. Hence why I really appreciate everything that you guys do there and. Yeah, which is why I, I really wanted to, um, to make sure that you're here on this show because you are definitely an Asian inspiration. Thank you so much, brother. And, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I think that for us, yeah, like most I would say most of our audience and readership is Asian-American. A lot of the news that we do cover are from, you know, Asian-America, too. But, um, you yeah. know, we noticed that um, because we're kind of in an area now where things are becoming more globalized. If you look at, you know, yes. things coming out of Asia, uh, you see a lot of Westerners start to really consume that sort of content. I mean, you see it with, uh, let's say, with, uh, with K-pop, with, uh, you know, the big super group with BTS, like making such a big global stage. Even in Indonesia, I mean, you have like, uh, you know, a lot of great folks like, you know, Brian Emanuel, Rich Brian, Nikki, you know, yeah. all, you know so uh, they're, they're definitely making, a, making uh, quite a dent uh, in the industry. And I think that at, at, in one sense, I think that we're heading in a very good direction where we're seeing more Asian faces and more Asian representation like on the big screen. And I think that, you know, that that is a challenge that all Asians share around the world. So I'm really happy to, you know, to, to be here and, you know, talk uh, talk to your listeners and everything. Definitely. So how did you come up with the idea of Next Shark and when and how did it all start? Yeah, so I think that it's a good question. So I so. Um, what I always say, NextShark actually didn't start off as an Asian-focused site. NextShark actually started off as an online publication focused on uh, business and success uh, for young people. And um, uh, Hence the name NextShark, because you know, NextShark being like the business type of people, right? Yeah, so let's say, um, you know, Shark actually comes from my background in poker. So I, I used to play online poker back in uh, college, and I played some live games too to, you know, right. kind of make ends meet. Um, I was not a professional, but you know, I, I played quite a bit. I mean, I would have like, I would literally play like eight, 12 hour sessions. Um, you oh know, I, God. yeah, like I mean, cash I, game? yeah, it was, it was cash games and everything. Yeah. And right. so, um, I never really made enough to like really like change my life and get super wealthy. Like I made enough to buy my first car. Let's put it that way. And that was, oh, okay. and you know, which wasn't bad, you know, considering, you know, college and whatnot, but you know, it wasn't a lifestyle that I, that I really liked because it was basically literally me staring at a computer for like, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. And oh I, yeah. I mean, I still remember like, uh, at the, at the six hour every day, like my eyes would get so tired from staring at the screen that I would wear glasses, <laughs> sunglasses to play because my eyes were just that tired, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, so shark comes from poker shark, uh, you know, my, my mm -hmm. background in that. And then next signifies kind of next generation, like the youth, you know? Uh... So. Okay, so how did it transform into like the whole Asian American media related stuff? 
So, um, you know, I would say like about uh, maybe close to three, year, three years in, and, you know, around 2016 time, um, we started noticing that a lot of our Asian-centric content was doing well. So whenever we feature like a successful Asian-American, um, you know, maybe like a, a, a covered like technology and the start of space in Asia, um, just any time like we, we feature like a successful Asian face, right? Um, you know, mm -hmm. we would see like an uptick in engagement and it looked like people generally like seeing that sort of content. And so we thought that that was interesting. I mean, to this day, I still don't really know why, but I think that, you know, some theories is that I'm Asian and I share a lot of my content on my social media channels. Um, and yeah. I had like a small following already, like prior to that. And uh, naturally, I think people, there was a need for this sort of content. And so we basically started doing more of that content, but it really wasn't until I would say the end of 2016, early 2017, that we really started to make that heavy pivot uh, more towards like the you know more towards Asian content, so um, it kind of started off with uh, in, during the 2016 Olympics. Um, you know, we started getting a lot of DMs from people asking us, "Hey, can you cover right. um, you know Asians in sports? We don't really get that much representation." So you know, the, the the transition from like you know entrepreneurship to Asian American content was really organic, and you know, I don't and. To be honest, like it is, uh, it's surprising to me because I never thought that I'd be able to, you know, build a business, uh, you know, yeah. doing things that I'm actually passionate in. And, um, you know, for me, I thought that my contribution to, like, I guess the community per se is, um, you know, would be, you know, maybe in the future when I become a lot more successful, maybe I could, you know, contribute with, you know, projects and entertainment yeah. or different things when I had established myself a little bit more. So, um, right. you know, I, I think that this is still not like a bad thing. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy that I was able to, you know, do what I want to do. And I'm happy that I'm helping contribute. I, I'm hoping that I'm helping contribute to giving our community a bigger voice. And, you know, while this may not be as like lucrative, I would say, as like, you know, other opportunities would be like, I would say that this is probably like one of the most fulfilling and most satisfying uh, moments of Correct. my life. Definitely. So like you said, um, you're very passionate about this. Is this because like growing up as an Asian American, are these contents that you don't see often? Like, because I mean, I read and hear about all these stuff saying like, you know, in the 90s or even before, you really just don't see any Asian representation in anything in America. Like, is that true? You know, I think that it's just, uh, it, it, I think it depends on kind of where you are, right? But, uh, you know, for right. the most part, if you're, if you're talking about like mainstream, right? Like there hasn't really been too many, you know, major motion films that, that, uh, that were, that had like a lot of good Asian American representation. I mean, there's some, there's some that, you know, that you see like small blips, like, you know, uh, early, I think it was the seventies or the eighties, there was Flower Drum Song, right? Which, which mm. had an all Asian cast. There was also the Joy Luck Club back in the early nineties to yeah. uh, Better Luck Tomorrow to, you know, most recently Crazy Rich Asians. And so I would say that, I, I think that saying that there was no representation is definitely, you know, I wouldn't say that, but I would say that there weren't that many opportunities. And, you know, right. growing up, it's, uh, it, it was an interesting, uh, I did have some like sort of identity crises a little bit because like, obviously when I looked at films, like a lot of the major leads, you know, you know, especially if they were men would be, you know, would be white people. Right. And totally on the times when, you know, I did see an Asian lead in the context of an American film, like let's say, you know, Jackie Chan made a crossover, Jet Li, you know, from Asia made a crossover too, right? You know, they would play certain roles, but in a sense, like it didn't really feel like there were a leading man per se, even though like they were technically yeah. supposed to be the leading man, right? So- Like the big, strong, 
man that saves the world it's always like they're always like the comedic side of things right they're always like the funny guy they're always the 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 guy with the weird accent never the strong masculine men i mean that's how i feel at least growing up in the 90s watching those films yeah exactly i think that overall like it's not so much as an aspect of oh like asians need to get the more of these roles it's more so that you know i think that people don't like when we're put in a box right and in the most part it's kind of like you know we're, we're, we're Asians come from so many different backgrounds and religion, like everything. Right. But, um, you know, it's, but at, there's just so many different types of us. Right. And, but when you kind of start seeing like this trend of like, Hey, why are we, you know, getting pushed this specific box? Like why, why does mm-hmm. like, why, why does an Asian guy seem to be pushed more towards like the nerdy people, right. Or the funny people like you're talking about. Right. Or why do Asian women have to play a certain role all the time? Like there's like a dragon lady theme. That's like all these other different themes. Right. Um, and I know that, and I know that other people of color go through the same thing. I, you know, I've heard that with South Asians and, you know, and people who are middle Eastern is like, Hey, why do I have to play like, like the convenience store guy? Or why do I have to play like <laughs> this? Like, it's so like stereotypical, you know, it's, it's yeah. like, and so I think that's the major issue. It's like, why are we being pushed into like certain stereotypical, uh, you know, roles when we're so diverse, right? And I think that we, we as artists and they as artists just want um, that, those opportunities to play those diverse characters, just like, you know, just like how, um, you know, uh, others, uh, other uh, people have, right? Correct, correct. So when it when comes to the stories on Next Shark, um, how do you choose the stories to feature? Like, do you choose them? I mean, is there like a certain way that, I mean, certain type of stories that you usually want to, to explore, to, to feature about? Or do you just really just go for a lot of wide range of different types of Asian content? Yeah, I think that we go more for like a wide range. But I think that as like, as, um, you know, I, I think that when you're trying to cover the Asian community, right, even not, not just Asians, because that's like even, even the Asian American community, it's so diverse. And so there's so many different yes. voices, there's so many different interests and everything. So I think that I think that for us, right, I don't really want to be in a position where I tell Asian Americans what to think or like or that I'm here leading the charge for, you know, how for the voice of Asian Americans. Like really, for me, I look at it as, you know, I, I look at me as and my staff as observers in the community and we try to research and pinpoint what are the important conversations that are happening in our community that deserve to be highlighted right um you know yeah. what are the um asians around the world that that have done incredible things in their community that deserve some sort of recognition so benny um of course the news lately is all about crimes against asian american um it has skyrocketed lately so what do you think is the root cause of all these hate crimes? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a tough question. I mean, but I, I think that um, a lot of the, if, if I could maybe take a guess, I think that a lot of um, everything kind of points to, you know, the coronavirus pandemic, right? And, you yeah. know, the last presidential administration on our side, you know, would, you know, kind of freely use words like Chinese virus and Kung flu. And there was a lot of like, kind of, and I think that brought up a lot of anti-Asian sentiments, right? And especially like when you're in a time when, you know, people are dying and everything, right? I think that sometimes like, you know, I, I think that the, the, the downsides of humanity is that, is that sometimes like certain groups get labeled and blamed, right? Yeah. And we've seen this, you know, happen very uh, many times, you know, with amongst other minority groups in the past. I mean, you know, if you looked at uh, 9-11, after 9-11, there were, you know, people that, that were, that looked, that fit that profile of, you know, being, be, being like, you know, uh, you know, middle, you know, a lot of Middle Eastern people, like they, they went through a lot of racism. They went through a lot of, you know, discrimination during that time too. So these things are, these things are not new. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's things that, you know, have been happening as, as, as time's been, as time has gone on. Um, yeah. 
but I think that that really had a big effect to it. And, you know, for us, even with real, even on, on our side, right, we noticed that prior to the pandemic, um, a lot of the content that Next Shark was posting was, um, you know, we highlighted a lot of successful Asian Americans. And it, for a while, it was actually like really, really cool to report on the big strides that we were making from Andrew Yang's like, you know, surprising, successful presidential uh, campaign run to uh, the success of Crazy Rich Asians, Fresh Off the Boat, um, to uh, most Parasite. recently, bon- Parasite, yeah, Parasite. Bong Joon Ho, yeah. you know, sweeping the Oscars. You know, we were, we, you know, we were, at, it felt like we were at this upward trajectory of like representation sure. and, and everything. And suddenly, like when the pandemic hit, and I could, I, 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 I could see it was that you know around. I remember, I think it was around like February twenty fourth or something, right? Um, yeah. You know, in, like these incidents have started happening. The first major one happened around in, at the end of February, where like a uh, an elderly Asian man, I think it was in San Francisco, was walking along. He was basically collecting cans to recycle them in exchange for money. Because you know, it's, yes. it's, we have this recycling program that that you know that works. And so, um, and he basically was accosted by by individuals and called racial slurs, and they stole and you know they stole uh, his cans from him, and they were just like basically like taunting him and stuff, and. It was very crazy because um, I remember prior to that, yeah, like we, we got news tips for, you know, alleged hate crimes targeting Asian Americans, but it was only like maybe at most like one to two a week. And a lot of these like cases were not really serious enough or... Wait, sorry, did you say one or two a week? Yeah, just one or two news tips a week. But they were, these are okay. just like news tips. Like, but like, but a lot of these like, you know, it, it was like there was like... A lot of these stories, like, it's not something we could follow up on. Number one, like, you know, either A, they had, like, you know, no proof or they didn't want to come uh, out to talk about okay. it. And so it just wasn't something that we could, you know, move forward with even if we wanted to, you know. And so yeah. it went from literally one to two a week to up to 50 a day, you know. And so we were getting, like, flooded oh with DMs. Yeah, we were getting, like, flooded with DMs. Yeah. And it was just, like, and, you know, of, of alleged cases that we needed to follow up on and, um it was, uh, yeah, it, w- it was very, very concerning for us because, um, you know, it, it was a really big, um, it took a big hit with our staff because you got to think about it this way. Like, how do you go from covering all the amazing things happening in our community to all these horrific crimes and horrific incidences yeah. of our community members being attacked? And Correct. a lot of these, like, stories, right? Like, we have to be responsible. It's not something as simple as, oh, you send us, like, this crazy video, and then I'll, and then we're going to post it. We actually have to, like, watch it, view it. We have to make sure that how authentic is it? Um, are we talking to the sources, um, you know, that are passing this around? Yeah. And, the, and, the, and, you know, the victims, the perpetrators that are, that, that are in these videos. And oftentimes, like, a lot of these videos can be horrific. And it does take a mental, it does, um, you know, it's mentally draining. You know, for for Correct. a lot of us on our staff, and so 2020, and even even now, like it was, it's been a very very difficult time for our staff because on one hand, you know, this work is very very tiring, um, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, we understand like there is a certain level of duty as you know because we have a voice and we have a platform, and if we can, you know, if for me personally, if we as an organization could help make uh, can help make things even just a little bit better for our community or contribute to making things a little bit better, then we'll take it. You know, I mean, yeah. I think that, um, you know, I, again, like I, I'm an entrepreneur and, you know, I, I, I love money and I love to, you know, and I, I, I'd love to be like really successful someday. But right now, like it's more about self-fulfillment and knowing that I can Correct. help contribute and make our make the world a better place over anything yeah. else. So so with that said, um, how do you think the community in the U.S. or can remedy this or is there anything that can be done to, to really remedy this and I don't know in the short term the midterm or even the long term 
Yeah, it, it, that, that's a tough question. I mean, and I think that, and no, there, there are a lot of things that you can do, right? But I think that yeah. we have to look at, we, again, we have to look at history. You know, like a lot of these things take time to solve. And I know it sucks because like we're talking about in the context of people dying, right? Life or death, right? And so when life or death is involved, like no one wants to lose a life. No one wants to, you know, have uh, anything bad happen to them, to people that they love, right? And so tensions are high, emotions are high. You want this to stop now, you know? Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, when you're dealing with something at this scale, I mean, it, it's tough, right? But you know, I think how I look at this is like change happens when, you know, people come together and, you know, and people make sacrifices and, and everybody makes their own contributions to help move the needle forward. It shouldn't rest on just one person. You know, it's a collective, right? And um, I would say that in terms of action items that you can do, number one, I mean, you know, do some research on, you know, uh, community organizers and, and, and organizations and volunteer groups that have been around for a while. There's been a lot of, of you know, volunteer groups and nonprofits that has been doing this sort of work to advance minority communities for a long, long time. It's just that they don't, they're so busy on the ground floor doing the work that they don't have time to market themselves and to really get their word out there, right? And number yeah. two, keep yourself updated with, you know, the cases that are happening around the, around the community. Like, you don't, I mean, you know, you obviously read Next Shark, but, you know, but we're not the only source out there. There's so many other, like, people out there talking about this and, you know, and really just, like, familiarize yourself with it. Like, do the, re do the research yourself and understand, like, you know, who's making, you know, who, who, are the, who are the people and who are the organizations that you need to get behind, right? And you don't need to just, you don't need to, you know, donate money per se. You can always donate time. And if you, and if you don't have yes. that much time, you, you know, even sharing stories, right? Um, you know, right now, like my friends over at Hate is a Virus, they're a nonprofit. You know, they are, mm -hmm. they're trying to raise a million dollars to, to essentially, you know, like a million dollar fund essentially to help give back to a lot of these community organizations and volunteer groups that have been doing the work for a while but lack a lot of resources. Their GoFundMe yesterday just released a new, just released a, uh, a, um, a, a site-wide fund to help stop AAPI hate. And so um, they're looking to uh, raise some money. I think it's a half a million dollars, but please but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and essentially this money is just going to go towards uh, communities that need it and that, that yeah. need resources to, to push forward. So a lot of stuff that you can do on many different levels. You just, and, and it, it's there already. And I think that Correct. don't feel like you have to make a big, big contribution. I mean, every little thing counts. And as, as, as long as we can all do this together, I think that we'll, 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 we'll move in, in a good direction. Great. And now, now you mentioned, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, a lot of these sites um, are nonprofit. A lot of um, Asian American news are covered by Asian American news sites. So why is there less coverage on, on, on let's say, mainstream majority um, huge medias in the U.S. on Asian hate crimes? That's a good question. I mean, I, you know, your guess is as good as mine, but I will say that, you know, the content, like this, this sort of content, like content of racism and attacks, like, is not necessarily that brand friendly. I mean, you know, for us, like, mm. I mean, I'll be honest, like the articles that we write in this coverage, right? Like we're not, we're not having fun writing this. I mean, it's, you know, because it's, it sucks. Like this is people related to people in our community. And secondly, yeah, like, you know, people are reading it. So yeah, from a business perspective, you want to see it. That's great that people are reading it. And, but at the same time, like, you know, a lot of these articles that we're writing in this, this covers, like we're, we're running it almost at a loss because, you know, if we try to like, you know, go and try to figure out how to better monetize and advertise for a site, oftentimes advertisers would be like, yeah, I mean, lately you've been writing a lot of this sort of content. It's not really brand friendly and brands won't really, and, and it's understandable. I mean, like what sort of brand 
again, if you're like a brand, like, do you want to, you know, get behind, like, you know, yeah. right? Like, it's kind of, you know, so in a yeah. sense, it's kind of like a catch 22. You know, I wouldn't feel good either, you know, if that if, if that was the case. But to be fair, though, I mean, if you look at, you know, mainstream news, I mean, they're they're they're, you know, they're, they're reporting on, you know, homicides and stuff like that. And they run they run ads in between commercial breaks and everything, too. Right. And so it's not it's not necessarily like, you know, it's not necessarily like daunting or anything like that. But the point is, I think for us is that um, we don't this this sort of news doesn't necessarily get covered. And with the mainstream, I think that there's just like so many things like happening in the world. And maybe they feel that, you know, and maybe they feel like this is not something that either a they hear about um, or two, maybe something that, you know, they might not are feeling that personal sort of uh, responsibility to kind of want to cover, right? And, and in, in some cases, like, you know, who can, who can really, who do you blame really? Because like, again, like diversity, diversity issues exist everywhere in every industry Correct. right now. And even like in news, I mean, if you look at all the major news media organizations, like they're not minority owned, you know? And so think about that for a second there, right? Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Wow. So I mean, that that's that sounds like a a lot of layers that we have to overcome before having more. I don't know, like coverage on these types of hate crime news, uh, or at least, or I mean, I mean, I mean, li- literally, like I think, I think from what you said earlier, there's just so many fifty a day. That's insane. I mean, that's yeah, too much. More. And, yeah, and I mean, any on on because I follow the U.S. news and I watch U.S. news and and I don't see much about Asian American crime. Like it's always going to be like the major huge ones because the ones the one the most recent one was the one about um the Thai the Thai grandpa by Watson. I think I think that was the most major one that I've seen in the last month or two, and that's pretty much it. And the fact that you told me that there are more than fifty a day. On hate crimes about Asian American, that's just insane. That's that. I mean, that- yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, an, an elderly, uh, not elderly. I mean, I think that uh, I, I, even la- even last week and over Lunar New Year, there were there were attacks. And even last week, a uh, a Chinese man was uh, was stabbed in the back in New York City. So, oh my God. you know, yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's still happening. It's uh, yeah. you know, it's definitely like very very concerning, and yeah. um, you know, and and. It, it's 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 been tough. It's been tough all around, brother. <laughs> and 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 the worst part is this is not just in America because it happens in the UK also. I remember reading a news about it two nights ago, or even yesterday, I think last night. There, th- someone was stabbed in 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 um in London or or, or Southampton or something in in UK. I can't remember where exactly, but it's happening everywhere, especially in the Western world. <laughs> and you know me me as an Asian in Asia, I mean I I don't know how to feel in a sense that. I feel so helpless, you know, sometimes like, I mean, do I tell them to, Hey, you know, encourage people to come back to Asia and leave, leave America, leave the UK, leave the Western world. I don't know. You know, like, Oh my God. But anyways, um, what about, what about growing up for you? Have you experienced racism yourself? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, I think growing up, I mean, I I was bullied for the color of my skin. I mean, I grew up in the Bay Area, which is supposed to be a very diverse place. But, you know, I I, I remember so many instances. I mean, one of them, I remember I was in, I think uh, I was in middle school. I believe I was in like seventh grade and I went to the movies with my friends. So I was just like maybe 11 or 12 at the time. And so I went to the movies with my friends and I remember walking by what I thought was an older, nice couple uh, at the time. And I was just walking by them. And I remember, uh, you know, uh, as I walked by him, the, the gentleman basically yelled out effing Chinaman to me. And I'm like, what? I'm completely unprovoked. And I, if you imagine, I was only, I was like 11 or 12. So like, I was still a kid, 
pretty much. And so to see yeah. like an elderly old man like say that to me unprovoked, it's really it was really really kind of weird and. You know, um, and you know, in school, like uh, you know, they they would call me dog eater. They would call me Chinatown oh and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I I got into fights. Like you know, I, there was there was a few fights back in middle school um, that were racially motivated. So what's next for um, Next Shark to address the rising racism and hate against Asian Americans? Do you guys have something planned out or? I think that Next Shark's role, I think Next Shark's role in, in all this is that, you know, we, we, we understand what position we're in. Like we have, a, we have one of the largest Asian American followings. And right now this is, you know, the most important thing that's being talked about in our communities right now. And it's very important. And I think that, you know, for us, even the, with the challenges, we're going to continue like pushing through. We're going to continue, you know, doing what we can. Uh, if our coverage it can, can, can help advance our community forward, we're going to keep doing that. Uh, but, you know, down the line, I'm hoping that I can, you know, we, we can hopefully do more as things get better and contribute to providing more representation, not only for, you know, not only for Asian Americans, but for Asian Asians around the world. You know, like there's so many, there's so much talent, uh, you know, yeah. in our community. There's so many amazing things that, that amazing strides that, that we've done and will do, you know, as, as time goes on. And so I think that um, at the end of the day, like the, the message I would probably leave with everyone is that, you know, everybody has a passion and, you know, what they are here to do in this world, you know, and don't let don't let outside forces like put you in a, in a certain box, like, you know, go out and, you know, experiment to, uh, you know, go out and, you know, find the things that you like to do, you know, and, you know, get out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, the, the, one of the most beautiful things about life is self-discovery, right? And, you yes. know, and I think that that path to self-discovery never really ends. And, and that's the beauty of life is that, you know, you, you're trying to figure out, you know, who you are and, and that, and, and, that, and it shifts as you get older. And so even for me, I'm still trying to figure out like, you know, who I am and, you know, where, where, you know, what sort of message do I want to, do I want to leave and what sort of footprint do I want to leave too? Yeah. And the beauty of life is sometimes you're planning for this thing, but life just gives you a complete 180 and you just got to embrace it. And the more you embrace it, the better things can happen. That's how I see things in life. So, exactly. Um, things never go to pants. <laughs> yeah. So with that said, um, before I end this interview, I'd like to play a little game with you. And this is what we call, where's the food? So one of the one of the most popular topics I see on Next Shark is Asian food. So I want to I'm gonna name some Asian food, some Asian dishes, and all I have to do is guess which Asian country this food is from. Should be easy, I think. Okay. Let's try it. I will try my best. <laughs> First one. Let's start easy. Pad Thai. Oh, Pad Thai. Uh, Thailand. Thailand. Good job. All right. Next is Mi Goreng Mamak. I believe that is Indonesian. Ooh. Malaysian. Nope. That's Malaysian. Malaysian. Yes, that's Malaysian. Okay. Malaysian. Yeah. Okay. 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 Next is adobo. Oh, uh, Filipino. Yes. And then um, nasi goreng. Indonesian. Correct. Bulgogi. Uh, oh, Korean. Yes. And okonomo okonomiyaki. Okonomiyaki. Japanese. Yes. All right. Well done. <laughs> You got a harder ones easy. for me? That was you got too any easy. harder ones for me? <laughs> oh, wait, producer, do we have any harder ones? Anyone? <laughs> All right, I'm kidding. Okay, thank you so much. And of course, before I let you go, I just want to ask two, um, last two questions. What's the biggest lesson you learned in your journey of building Next Shark? Man, that's hard. I can give you a list. It's like, I know. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I think that um, the biggest lesson is uh, be patient. I think that... Um, 
especially with like you know my generation and the generations like that that are going to come after me i th- i feel that we're in such a fast-paced world right now and everybody i feel like everyone is always constantly trying to keep up with each other you know and you know even you richard you're you're an influencer you know it, it gets it, it's uh it's hard because i think that you know you're you're always constantly in this grind you know like you, you got a great following and i'm sure you appreciate them and everything but you know it, it's it's a lot it's a lot of work you know and um it, it's not easy and so i think that you know, for me, what I've really learned is, you know, to try to slow down a little bit. And the fact that, you know, you don't always have to, you know, try to keep up with everyone around you. Um, you know, everybody kind of goes in their own pace and you shouldn't kind of compare like, you know, whether this person just so happens to be further ahead of you in life and maybe even younger than you or something. Right. And I think yeah. that, you know, everybody has their own path. And I think for me, I'm learning that to not be, uh, I'm still results oriented, obviously, but I'm, I'm trying not to be too focused on, the finish line and just trying to enjoy that journey because at the end of the day, you know, what I've noticed is that I've been running companies for a while. I've been an entrepreneur for over 10 years now. And, you know, I, the only, the the things that I remember fondly really, uh, it was kind of the journey and like the, the hardships, like the late nights, uh, the, the, the wondering whether, um, you know, I'm going to be okay or not, whether, you know, wondering whether my company is going to survive or not. And, you know, thinking about those challenges and those little moments when like, you know, of success, right. When you, when you, let's say you hit a million subscribers that day, right. Or even more for me, it was like, Oh, I made the four thirty under 30 list, like, you know, three years ago. Right. Those moments are great. And like, you'll feel it. But at the end of the day, what really matters is what got you to that point, you know? So that's really what's the, and I think that that's really what's going to remember because what, what are you going to tell your grandkids when you're old, right? Okay, yeah. great. You, you, you won this, but it's really the, the, the how, grind. how to get the grind there. that got you there. Yeah. So, you know, I think that it's just important to really kind of like slow down a little bit and kind of be yeah. aware of the things that are happening around you. I mean, like it's, you know, it's uh, because like uh, you're, because before you know it, those moments are going to be the, the good old days before you know it. Just that, that is so <laughs> true. That is so true. I mean, I, I might look really young, but I'm actually 28 already. And you're still young, man. You're still <laughs> young, bro. Wait, how so. old are you, Benny? Sorry, how old are you? I'm 33. Well, yeah, you're still young too. We're all still young. We're all still young. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like you know, what you said there, like it's it's really the journey. Like you said, yeah, sure, I got 30 under 30, but you know, it's the journey that counts. It's what made me get there. That is the story because you can just say, hey, I got 30 under 30 and what's next? You know, like it's it's you telling your kids, your grandkids about how you got 30 under 30, the, the grind to get there. Like you said, the late nights is what really matters. And when you were telling that story, I was like, wow, I was getting goosebumps because I can totally relate to that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that helps, man. <laughs> yeah. So for my last question, what's next for Next Shark and what's next for you, Benny? You yourself. Hmm, I think that I am really just trying to find ways to, uh, I think that it's really just figuring out what Next Shark's place is in the Asian American community. And I think that right now our place is that we want to continue informing them. We want to continue to, uh, you know, find ways to help advance like more representation. We want to continue highlighting um, Asian American leaders and thought leaders and people that are just like doing incredible things in our community. And, um, Again, I don't, I don't really know where this journey goes. And I think that it's funny. I think maybe that's, a, maybe that's the second lesson I learned is like, I, you know, at least in my opinion, is I think it's important to have goals. But I think that sometimes like you don't always have to have that goal solidified. It's more like, okay, I think that this is the general direction I want to go, but I'm going to leave myself open to changing that, changing that too, right? 
And I think that, and so, you know, there are some thoughts in my head, but you know, I, I'm just enjoying the ride right now and just trying to figure yeah. and just like trying to dive into different things and, and see where that journey goes as, as time, as time goes on. So, cause mm. you never know what, what's going to happen. I am so happy hearing this from you. Cause again, I mean, the last two questions that I asked you, they are exactly how I feel about so many things in life right now at 28. I'm like, Oh my God, it's, it's the journey and, you know, it's good to have a goal, but it's good to have a goal direction, I guess. Because, you know, having exact plans, sometimes having too much expectations will just ruin the mindset, the journey. And then if you'll be like, oh my God, I didn't reach this goal at this certain age, you'll be like devastated, you'll feel bad about it. And it's all about the journey, guys. Everyone, it's all about the journey. Thank you so much, Benny, for sharing your inspiring story and kudos to you for the great work that you and, of course, your team are doing at Next Shark. And I will continue to support this. Yes, I am not Asian-American, but I believe that Asians in Asia also have a role to play here to, to fight racism, to, to fight discrimination. And hopefully we will all one day live in a harmonious world where we can all live in peace i guess that's <laughs> the course, goal you know yes that's <laughs> the goal that's the goal for everyone so thank you again to our listeners for tuning in and this has been richard juan for your dose of inspiration